Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about four steps to stop misinterpreting the Bible. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and just because we open the Bible and we read it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to take out of it what God intended for us to know. And there are people who have spent their lives reading, even studying the Bible, who have never understood it. Now, we could really dig in and talk about how we find authority and scripture and which things are required of Christians today, which things are optional, which things are forbidden. But I think before we can get into that kind of detail, we need to have a more bird's eye view of how we should understand scripture as we read it. Because even if you try to root yourself in scripture, if you don't know how to understand it, or you make one of these four mistakes we're gonna talk about, you're still gonna have the wrong foundation. And the first way that happens, the first and the most common cause, I think, that uh, of misinterpreting scripture is neglecting context. Context is king. And if you spend enough time studying the context, I'm convinced it is possible to understand the Bible. It may take reading the passage or that chapter or that book a hundred times. It may even take reading the whole Bible a hundred times. But if you spend enough time looking at the micro and the macro context of a verse, you can understand what it means. Why is that? Why is context so important? Because context forces out bias. When I open up to a verse and read it all on its own, I'm forced to rely on my own biases, on my own preconceived ideas to understand it. For instance, take a classic example of misinterpretation in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's a, an inspiring verse. And if I crochet it on a throw pillow like people are wont to do, I read it completely out of context and I have to rely on my biases, on my preconceived ideas to understand it. I am biased to think that good things mean I will be healthy, wealthy, wise. Why? Because that's what culture tells me success is. So when I read Jeremiah 29, 11, that bias makes me think that's what God is promising to me as a Christian. But when I get into the context and as I get more information, my bias is replaced with God's. My perspective is replaced with his. In context, this promise was actually given to an individual, or not to an individual, but to a group of people, the people of Israel. Even though they were in exile in Babylon uh, and they had probably given up hope of a better future, God reminds them that because they are his people, he will ultimately grant them hope and salvation. But that hope and salvation didn't necessarily include a promotion at work or a beach house. It's not to say that we can't be encouraged by this verse. If we are in Christ, this verse should encourage us because the context shows God's steadfast love and his faithfulness to his covenant people. If God was faithful to his people in Israel, then we can rest assured that he will remain faithful to us today. But we can only truly understand that, that true meaning of the verse, by overcoming our bias with God's perspective. 
That comes from context, so don't neglect it. The second big mistake that we can make is believing that the Bible is complicated, that it's designed to have hidden meanings. Now it's true. Isaiah 55 says that our thoughts are not God's thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. And so as we read the Bible, some of what we read will be over our head, maybe even hard to wrap our minds around. A great example of that are the parables that Jesus spoke. They were hard for the disciples to figure out. But John 16 verse 25 says, the days of parables are over. Jesus said, though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. Do you hear that? Jesus promised that in his kingdom, the truth would not be veiled. It wouldn't be complicated. It would be clear and it would be plain. You know, too often we search for the most complicated answers to our Bible questions. But Occam's razor applies to the Bible too. The simpler answer is the most likely one. Now, sometimes a simple answer isn't readily available and then you may need to do some digging, but where there is a simple explanation, don't overwork it. For instance, uh, I got asked once who Cain married because Adam and Eve were his parents um, and there weren't any non-relatives available to be his wife. And I said, well, I honestly haven't thought too hard about it, but let me see. And I, I searched for what some other people had said, and I was amazed at, at what I found. There, there was article after article after article on this because apparently it's led to a crisis in faith for many. And so long arguments have been written trying to explain this. But read through the first few chapters of Genesis, it seems to me to be or fairly plain and clear. Cain married a sister or a niece some very close relative uh, at the very least. That's the simplest and really the only answer. The point is, not every Bible question is complicated. And it's a mistake to make every question complicated. Where there is a simple explanation, it's the most likely explanation too. The third big mistake is trying to understand God's word without God. You know, this book, it's not normal. It's not natural. It's not, or it is supernatural. And it's foolish to think that we can read it like any other book on the shelf. It's so easy just to open up your Bible and begin reading, but it's a mistake and it will lead to misinterpretation. Maybe not immediately, but eventually you will misinterpret something. We have to start relying on God. We have to start with prayer. And you know, let me be clear on what I think that accomplishes. I'm not saying that if we pray, the spirit will whisper in our ear an interpretation of the word. Because like I said, most of the word is already plainly laid out in front of us. He doesn't need to whisper in our ear. He's already written it out for us. I'm also not saying that when we pray, we'll be able to just open up the Bible and it will magically land on the right page. So what does prayer do for our interpretation? Well, James says to ask God for wisdom and he'll give it. So do that. When we Pray, we should pray for open minds and open hearts that what we read won't fall on rocky soil, but will take root in our lives. But more than anything, prayer demonstrates a simple reliance on God. Bible reading isn't just a matter of scholarship. There are plenty of Bible scholars out there who never become Christians. No, Bible reading, the way that God intended, is more than that. It is an exercise of faith. 
So don't treat the Bible like a textbook or a rule book or a manual for life. Treat it like it is, the Word of God. Don't try reading the Word of God without God. And finally, the fourth big mistake is forgetting the Bible was written for a purpose. The Bible gives us a ton of information, all of it's true, all of it's great to know. We can see the truth about doctrine and history and science even, but it is a mistake to only focus on the facts and the figures and forget the purpose of the Bible. 2 Timothy 3 says, all scripture is God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. You know, the Bible, it's not just written for us to know. The Bible is written for us to act. It is written for life change. But even that isn't the core purpose of the Bible. Life change alone isn't enough. On the road to uh, Emmaus following his resurrection, Jesus encountered two of his disciples. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, Luke 24, 27. You know, from Genesis to Revelation, the scriptures point us to Jesus. Throughout the Bible, there are a number of difficult passages and verses that we will fail to perfectly understand, but that's okay. Don't miss the forest for the trees. And the forest is this, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son and his son should lead to a change in our lives. It all goes back to Jesus. And as you read and you interpret the Bible, never stray far from that central purpose. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. Just send me a text to 317-207-2734.